0: 24th April is one of the Darshan days in the ashram and it is regarded as such in the community centered around Sri and the mother. The mother spoke of this day or rather revealed its significance as the tangible sign of a sure victory over the adverse forces. So what is special about this day? Now at a most outward level if you really see the coming together of Mother and Shirbindo is the beginning of a great synthesis. In fact, each and every action of Mother and Shirrvindo has left, in the words of Shirbindo in Savitri, the footprints of a god. So all that they have done, all that they have written, all that they have, wherever they have stepped, has become a place, a center, or a mark or a pathway along which humanity is bound to follow and we can take number of examples but to focus on the issue here the coming together of mother and shiva as we see is the coming together most outwardly of the west and the east otherwise before that for a long time certain aspects of yoga certain aspects of life were largely confined within the Indian subcontinent or the eastern side and certain others were developing on the western side of the globe. True, Swami Vivekananda and few others did go outside India and carry the light of India to these quarters. But still it was the light of India being carried far and wide. But west has its own spiritual side and even though it has not been preserved but it has a side its own Vedanta, its own Tantra, no less than the Indian Vedanta and the Tantra. And this is where we see a very unique synthesis in the coming together of Mother and Shirobindo. While Surabindo, as we know, had arrived at the highest realizations of both Vedanta and the Tantra independently, in Vedanta he had arrived at the stillness of the consciousness, the experience of Nirvana. The Advaita, the vacant, infinite, among many others, Vasudevam Sarvamiti, seeing the supramental divine everywhere. <coughs> but also he had acquired very naturally, spontaneously, as he says, by the grace of Kali and Krishna, or the grace of the Divine Mother, all the powers and Siddhis, documents of which we find written in his records and subsequently even in his literature. So within him, he had already arrived at the highest possible realizations of Indian yoga from the Vedantic and the side of Tantra. So these two lines represent basically two lines of spiritual self-development. In Vedanta, it is primarily the soul involved in the mind which finds some way, some route, some access to come out of the magic circle of nature and enter into the infinite. Whereas in Tantra, we find another route. The journey is through the ladder of nature, going tire by tire, step by step, plane by plane, enlarging the scope and capacities and energies of nature, receiving them as an influence and then finally climbing up the top of the ladder once again to merge into the infinite. Now, this is the Indian yoga and we are all familiar with it. What about the mother? shobindo has remarked that even before coming to India, she was already an adept in the yoga of the Gita as well as the Buddhist yoga. She had completed this. But at the same time, she had assimilated and synthesized in her two very powerful traditions. One was the Chaldean tradition, which has its root in mystic Christianity. And which is much like Vedanta. If you really go into its heart, we will see that Chaldean Christianity is much like Vedanta. Of course, its birthplace, very interestingly, now its troubled times was in Syria. On the other side, she had also mastered the occult tradition of Kabbalah, which is the esoteric side or the occult side of Jewish tradition. As we know, she was born a Jew. And within herself, right in her blood, there flowed on one side the blood of the pharaohs from Egypt. On the other side, her father was a Turk and then she was born in France where the previous age was worked out right from the time of Socrates down to the period in which she was born, the Renaissance in Europe. So we see she had accumulated within her, synthesized within her the highest that the West had to offer, whereas Shorabindo had assimilated and synthesized in him the highest that the East had to offer, and the two had to come together. For long, they could not remain separated. They cannot. They had to come together and give their best to the world. And that's what we see in the synthesis where Shurbindo, in the very beginning speaks of the world as a cauldron of media, In which all the past tendencies and energies are shredded and put forth to cook a nice vegetable for the new creation. Basically, the new creation cannot be isolated in compartments by its nature. It is a creation based on oneness and unity. Though for long we have had these separations between the East and the West, Vedanta and Tantra. This cult, that school, this religion, that ideology. But now the time has come when the very best of all these has to come together. And that we see in the coming together of the mother and Shurbindo. At another level, and that we see in the ashram and many of the, um, like Auroville and many places which have sprung up from the combined creation of mother and Shurabindu, is the best of Western customs and culture and the best of Indian and Eastern thought and culture. So on one side, we have the, the liberated spirit, the spirit of individuality, which we find very, very strongly in Shurabindu's writings and of course, even in mother's writings. In fact, she is the one who coined the word psychic being, which stands for the true individual within us. At the same time, we find that together, the sense of society, the collectivity, that two coming together, and forming a new and unique yoga, which is no more for the individual, but for the collective emancipation and collective transformation of mankind. We see the evolutionary theory of the West, as well as the Vedantic idea of evolution in India. All these different streams, the highest thoughts, and that the culture had to offer on both sides of the globe coming together. If we pause and look again, we also see another kind of synthesis taking place. We see that in Shurbindo, on one side, there is an extreme development of the intellectual side of humanity. It is the difficulty. It is the challenge. And Shorabindo had to show that even with a highly developed intellect. And I use the word even because the more developed the intellect, the more challenging and difficult it becomes. To realize the divine or to engage in yoga. Because that's the long route of yoga. And yet Sri with his mighty, wide and powerful intellect engages in yoga and finds a way. Stills the brain and the mind and the entire consciousness and emerges like a shooting star. As Sri writes in Savitri, as an arrow leaping from the bow of God. As an arrow hunting for its prey, he, he quested like a hunting hound towards its prey. So that is how his aspiration climbed through the mind, piercing the lid high, 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 far above. On the other hand, we see in the mother an extreme development of the other side, what is called as the right-sided faculties. She is a painter, an aesthete, in the real sense of the word, She is an expert in painting. She is an expert in music. She is a a master in organizing life, organizing things. So all the capacities and faculties of the right hand, which if we take again Indian thought, the masculine and the feminine side, they come together. And there we go into the deeper secret of their union. Indeed, in creation, in the divine himself, though he is one, There are two sides, two aspects, known in India as Ishwara and Ishwari, the Lord and Shakti, Prakriti and Purusha, Brahman and Maya. And they are two sides of one reality. If we approach him from the masculine side, then we enter into the realization of Brahman and the Ishwara who stands behind. But if we approach him from the Prakriti side, from the feminine side, Then we discover the tremendous dance of Shakti which stands behind the entire creation, all the processes, the knowledge and power that has gone into creation. And this is the uniqueness about the mother and Shorabindo. Shorabindo is the supreme Purusha, the Purushottama of the Gita, who is the witness self who yet holds creation upon his breast. He stands silent sanctioning all that is happening and yet he is untouched, unmoved like the sun who stands above in the sky, Suryo yatha sarva lokas chakshu At the same time and on the other hand, the Divine Mother represents the Shakti, the knowledge and the power that has gone into creation and is organizing all the process and the details of its life. So what is new about it after all has it not been happening all the time? Well here Shobindo tells us that there, this is a great transition moment. Thus far the divine Shakti has not been acting directly in all its glory in all its effulgence in all its splendor and power but rather indirectly through an inferior instrument or if we may put it through its own daughter through a, limited, through a limited and divided consciousness, what we call as nature or prakriti, which is mostly acts mechanically, partly conscious, partly unconscious, and yet behind it, there is a perfect consciousness which limits itself to the needs of a species. But now, this play has to go further. The purusha also wears a diminished godhead here in creation, he becomes the little psychic spark, lost in the crypts of nature, dragged by Prakriti, now to your heights, now to the abysses, and he goes helplessly tied like a slave. This game has taken us so far, but now the terms have to change. The Purusha within, the being no bigger than the thumb of man, has to recover and discover its own Godhead. The but also the Prakriti, which is nothing else but a diminished form of the Mahashakti above, has to once again regain and recover her own glory and splendor. So, Sriorbindra and the mother come together to activate it, to start this process, this new cycle of evolution, where on the one side, the Purusha aspect, the soul involved in nature, will not only be liberated, but reach its highest heights of possibility. Going through all these stations of consciousness, where it will recover some form of itself, it will go to the very birthplace of the Jivatma, the supramental Godhead, and recover and discover its supramental Godhead, its supramental personality. On the other hand, nature within us, toiling and struggling in darkness, will also throw off its dark veil, get rid of the division and the separation and once again ascend to its home of oneness, light, truth, bliss, sweetness and love. So this is the coming together of Mother and Sri and that's when this new process starts. First within them and then it will spread more and more through a contagion in the rest of creation. In fact, together we see a very beautiful, in many ways, the most perfect relation that is possible in Mother and Shorabindu. For the Mother, Shorabindu is the Lord. And it is she who installed the Divine Master in the temple of yoga, or rather in the temple of earth as the master of yoga. She is the one when she came, she taught everyone how to sit before the Master, how to be before him. How to love him, how to adore him, how to worship him, how to serve him. She forgot herself totally in his worship. But at the same time, on the side of Surevindho, he taught us, or rather, he installed the Divine Mother as the guiding and moving force of her nature, as the Shakti who shall henceforth govern and move this human nature along the pathways. That are intended and willed by the divine. So this too we find as beautiful and majestically in their relation. And very interestingly, Shrivindo speaks about it, and I would like to read something very interesting about the this change of relationship which takes place between the two. First, someone has seen a dream in which he sees Shrivindo and the mother as Ishwara and Shakti or rather a vision. And Shovindo says, the mother and myself stand for the same power in two forms. So the perception in the dream was perfectly logical. Ishwara Shakti, Purusha, Prakriti are only the two sides of the one divine. But in the lower creation, we see the Shakti has become Prakriti and she is on the left side. Whenever we see the images of the gods with their Shakti, you see Parvati, Radha or Sita, seated on the left side. But this is because Prakriti is still, not yet, she has not recovered the glory. So she takes creation and offers it to the Purusha. This is her work. So the yoga was also like that. Even the high, one of the widest paths, the path of the Gita, is a continuous gathering up of things and offering it to the Lord, the Ishvara. But now we have gone back to the original term. This offering of prakriti starts when once it touches rock bottom. But in the beginning it is not like that. The divine wills and Shakti goes forth out to fulfill his will, his intent. So therefore the Shakti comes to the right side. She is the one who executes the divine's will. There is no more offering required but simply an opening to the Shakti Because she is the upbearer and the upholder of the divine will. And to open to her means to automatically get the sanction of the divine. So Sri Aurobindo changed the rules of the game. Rather set it right and put put it in the right way. So the disciple asked a question. Is there any significance in mother standing on the right side and your standing on the left in my experience? Saw so like this, we see the darshan photograph and the first combined darshan which took place on 24th November 1926, the Siddhi day. It's described beautifully that Sri Aurobindo sat and he was on, a, on his chair and the mother came and sat on his stool which was on to the right side, slightly below. And Sri Aurobindo was holding his hand, lifting his hand and kept it behind the mother. Whereas all the disciples came and they were touching their feet, and it was the mother who was blessing them. It is as if Surabindo was blessing through the mother. So, this is the right relation. And Surabindo answers Yes, she is the executive power and must have the right arm free for action. Anything that the mother sanctioned or said had Surabindo's implicit sanction to it. Is a very beautiful experience of the mother where she goes to Shirubindo, it's in 1959. And she tells him all, you know, the world is not ready. She asks Shirbindo, she speaks of the world of truth and tells tells him all the plans. And she says, Shirubindo doesn't say a word. What does he do? He picks up three combs and puts them on three sides of his head. And then he the mother says that it meant. That Shurubindu was telling her, I adopt all your conceptions. Whatever you have conceived, whatever you have willed, I accept it. At the same time, he just said two words. When mother asked, When will this world of truth, which is so near as a lining to the world of falsehood, to this physical world, when will it manifest? And Shurubindu simply said, Not ready. So she is given the task of making it ready. This symbolism which puts her on the left side belongs to the ignorance. In the ignorance, she is on the left side. Not free in her action. All is a wrong action or half result. For the supramental work, the true symbol is the mother on the right side. Then, another very interesting question and answer. Someone has asked Shirobindo, Can it happen that one who is open to Shurubindu is not open to the mother? Is it that whoever is open to the mother is open to Shurubindu? It's a very interesting question. That if I am open to Shurubindu, does it mean that I may not be open to the mother? And if I am open to the mother, does it mean that I may not be open to Shurubindu? And this reply is an eye-opener and a soul-opener. Shorabindo says, well, the question is, is it that one who is open to Shorabindo is not open to the mother? Is it that whoever is open to the mother is open to Shorabindo? And Shorabindo says the mother proposition is true. All who are open to the mother are open to Shorabindo. If one is open to Srivabindu and not to the mother, it means that one is not really open to Srivabindu. So beautifully he has said about this relation. And this is the true relation. You know, uh, the other day we were reading about this vision and I feel like reading it again. When mother came on 29th March, she speaks about that she had had several visions before coming here and she recognized in Sri as the being whom she had seen and called Krishna. And then she said that when she came back on 24th April, she describes it beautifully, something happened and she knew, yes, that's the culmination of the vision. So the vision was very interesting. She saw first time that she is in a house and there is um, her family, which of course is very symbolic because they were not the real family. There was the father who represented the old creation like Daksh Prajapati and Sati. And there were two brothers who were unruly just like the old creation, the vital, the powers which have emerged from him. Old creation. And she is there as a young girl who is sitting on the window gazing afar. And then suddenly she is looking on the other side whereas the father and brother are looking towards the door. And she sees that from the other side, where she is gazing, there enters he, resplendent in a being of light. And they can't see him because they are looking to the other side. It reminded me of those lines in Savitri. Thus shall the mass transcendent mount his throne when darkness deepens, strangling the earth's breast. And man's corporeal mind is the only guide as a thief's in the night shall be the covert tread She recognizes And indeed, she is the one who first recognized even those who were near Sri They felt there is something great. But that was it. They yet treated him like a friend and a comrade, just like Arjuna. But she, the moment she saw him, she knew. And she wrote, he whom we saw yesterday is here upon earth. Much later when Sri was asked, because these two people asked that, you know, uh, did Sri recognize her? Of course. When Barinda asked him, he said, the first thing i noticed was that mira is born free she had no trappings no ties no attachments at the same time he also saw for the first time i saw perfect and integral surrender right down to the very physical cells of the body and i knew the time has come for the integral realization and the divine life to be established so in that vision she first thing she does is she bows down And touches, in fact, kisses the feet of that resplendent being. And then she sees that the father, the old creation, goes and embraces him. And when he comes back, he is a transformed being. And therefore she says his presence is enough to know that days will come when all this will be transformed. Because she had seen it. And then she knew that there is nothing impossible for him. And then when she touches the feet, he lifts her up. And the two stand together, her head almost touching his shoulder and they are gazing into the vast. And then mother sees that the energies of the two, she says in the vision that that child was myself, that girl was myself. And the two, their energies balance each other and spread far and wide, transforming creation. So this was the vision. So first part of the vision came true when on 29th March she saw Sri and she recognized that yes it is he. The same gesture the same person, the same eyes the same attire but then this was not the end. She says that this was only the beginning I came here but something in me wanted to meet Sri all alone for the first time So she goes for the first time and she sees, I saw in his eyes that it was he. He was standing exactly my vision, dressed the same way, in the same position in profile, his head held high. He turned his head towards me and I saw in his eyes that it was he. The two things clicked, the decisive shock. But this was merely the beginning of my vision. So first part is realized. Then she goes, there is a series of experience, experiences a 10 month sojourn in Pondicherry. Five years of separation. Then the return to Pondicherry and the meeting in the same house and in the same way did the end of the vision occur. So what was the end of the vision? The two together, they stand, merge and gaze into the vast and she is standing by the side of his shoulder. So she says beautifully, I was standing just beside him. 24th April My head wasn't exactly on his shoulder, but where his shoulder was. This is how the vision was. We were standing side by side like that, gazing out through the open window. And then together, at exactly the same moment, we felt, now the realization will be accomplished. That the seal was set and the realization would be accomplished. Had she not seen the second part of the vision come to fulfillment in this life, she would not have been sure. So she spoke about a tangible sign. That the seal was set and the realization would be accomplished. I felt the thing descending massively within me. With the same certainty I had felt in my vision. From that moment on, there was nothing to say, no words, nothing. We knew it was that. This is a journey they have oft undertaken. We know there was another vision of this sadhika who saw suddenly the marriage of Shiva and Parvati taking place and all the animals and gods, they are rushing towards uh, uh, the Kailash. Uh, this is a, actually a story, its narrated a story she saw while gazing at the sea. And then when Shiva sees, everybody has come towards this side. And so he says, there will be imbalance. So somebody has to go and balance the other side. And who else but Rishi Agast, one of the Saptrishis. So he calls him and says, you and Lopa Mudra have to go that side. And you have to balance creation. And they are, of course, they also want to witness the marriage. And Shiva assures the boon that whenever you want, we'll be there together. And of course, we know about the bowing of the Vindhyas and their going. Now, This is a very symbolic story as I see it. One, when Shiva assures that you will witness the marriage, actually they witness the true marriage. The marriage of Shiva and Parvati is the marriage of the divine soul and earth nature, material nature. It is a symbol of that. And much later in the life of Augustine, and Lopamudra, now, as Shurbinda, and the mother, at the same place where now this ashram stands, was his ashram. And where the samadhi is, that was his Yagnavedi, that's where the fulfillment takes place. Something which was foreseen of old. And Vindya going down is all the knowledge which was proud of itself, Vindya means knowledge, going up and, up and up and up and blocking the sky and cutting the integral truth. Going down before Rishi August, discovering the integral reality in the light of the Supramental Sun. This too we see being fulfilled in its fullest form. And this is just one of the lives, many lives, together they have striven in various names and forms. And now the hour has come for the final and decisive victory. Because the last work of the adverse forces is to create a hiatus between world and the divine, between creation and the creator. They go on saying that all these inner experiences are fine, but you will never be able to bridge it or manifest it in outer life. And this has been the big problem. It's not that people have not had great inner realizations, but when it came to earthly life and manifesting it, they used to fail. It remained what it was, a field of ignorance. But this time, it is the divine Shakti herself who has taken the charge. And therefore, it was the tangible sign of the sure victory over the adverse forces which have always created this division. So let me close with something which which is a wonderful advice, spiritual advice to all of us. Why should we know about all this? Why don't we just read the book on yoga and practice the yoga as per the almanac? Well, there are two approaches of yoga. One is as per the scripture. And that's where we have a tendency to form a religion. And another where we simply turn towards Mother and Shirobindu. And they do the yoga for us. And unfortunately, people think that creates a religion. Well, that does not create a religion. Religion is created if you see the entire history when people are confined to the book and then there are interpretations there are cults around books various interpretations ideologies and they even fight and kill each other over the book but when it comes to the divine personality then there is unity where can be the where can be the possibility of division when it comes to the divine personality of krishna or jesus and of course now the divine personality of the mother and Shirbinndo. So here is the disciple asking, "Mother, Shirbinndo has always said that you, you are within us. The mother says, "Yes, it is true, perfectly right. Me, I am there as a presence in the eternal flame. The power that animates, and initiates the action, the peace that renders all sweet and peaceful, the joy that overflows and sublimates, the light that purifies, and the vibration that sanctions. Shyorubindu is there as a sustaining entity, and me, I am there like a guide. In fact, it is the same identity into one who observes the witness and the other that effectuates the Shakti. So long as one has not realized that one cannot understand anything. Yes, my child, he who recognizes Shura Bindu and me, in fact, It is the same thing, the same identity. For him, all obstacles, all difficulties, all traps, all these so-called interruptions on the march towards the truth are swept away and removed forever. In this life, as well as after death, And in the lives to come, till eternity, one can draw a parallel. There are religions, and I don't want to name them, where there is no mention of Shakti. One has to only rely on the Purusha and the teachings. Whereas we see very interestingly, that at least with regard to two avatars, we see there is a play of the Shakti, so much so that there is a whole... um, whole side of approach to Krishna and it is said that you cannot realize Krishna unless you have pleased Radha and similarly we see in the story of Rama and Sita there is a whole version of Ramayana which mentions that Ravana was not finally destroyed by by Rama every time he was destroyed something like his shadow kept emerging and his final destruction was by Sita assuming the form of Kali so we see that there is in India this thought that the Ishwara and the Shakti together are required for the annihilation of all darkness. Just one is not enough. And this is the thought we find here once again. But arriving at its finality, those who re- he who recognizes Sri Aurobindo and me as one, all obstacles are swept away and removed forever in this life as well as after death and in the lives to come till eternity. So much so that she has gone on to say that when you begin to see us as one, when to bow before Sri window is to bow before me and to turn to me is to turn towards Sri Then you begin to be ready to open to the supramental force. This is the sign that one is open to the supramental force. And finally something very beautiful which we can stop and enter for the darshan day. Yes, for him, the Lord is all powerful because he is there with all his power. What does such a devotee do? What is he supposed to do? What is the practice of yoga enjoined for such a person? She says, only to repeat Ma Shirabindo, Ma. Sherbindo. Ma Sherbindo. Ma Sherbindo. Ma Sherbindo. That is enough.